again, Glenn Drummond here with Allie Albarigo, SchoolUnderTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you today, sir. You too, Dwayne. Awesome to be with you. It's uh, a little later than normal, but you were super busy, right? You had one of your famous field trips that you did, so uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, then I had rushed over, rushed back home so that I could, uh, um, you know, we could do our podcast. So yeah, yeah and, and I, apo- uh, I, I, apo- Go ahead. I apologize to all the listeners because I didn't know we didn't connect quickly. So I right away was going to say, hey, I'll just do a half an hour supplementary, um, you know, a Facebook Live for our people on on the school owner talks. And then I realized for some reason Facebook was blocking me from doing it. So uh, we have to figure that out. So I do apologize to the listeners. But maybe at the end we'll kind of throw – my topic was just going to be on a few items you could be doing from now until the end of the year. But um, I love this topic that you and I are talking about. But before we get into that, so so tell everybody a little bit about your turnout today. How, how did that go? You said it was really, you know, amazing. So tell tell everybody who's listening. Yeah, it was uh, – obviously, it's a field trip. We had uh, a private school, uh, so it's not a public school on this one, although obviously we've had public schools and we do have public schools come in. But – uh, this was a small one. You know, we usually do 50, 60 people. And so this was only 25 uh, just because it was a private school. So I didn't need, you know, I didn't need my second person there with me. I did it all myself. And um, uh, it was great. Uh, we ran through everything. I had the, the parents going, man, I had one lady that said to me, she goes, I asked her, I said, so is this the first time you've uh, been to a field trip? She goes, yeah, absolutely. She goes, I never thought of karate until now. She said, so we're going to be talking about it. I said, okay. And I said, uh, I'm going to be giving you uh, one of my books for helping out uh, today. And inside that book, there's a special offer uh, just for you, uh, which allows you to do a free trial. So, and, and then all my books have uh, what I call the most incredible offer ever. And, and it's a bunch of stuff that they get, but they get a free trial uh, to do martial arts and then a free uniform and, you know, a bunch of other freebies that are thrown in there. So, yeah, it was great. It was a good time. And it was good to connect, obviously, with the other uh uh, you know, with that school, you know, that schoolroom teacher, yeah. she comes every, every single year she comes. Yeah. So, so like, you know, I, I think one of the things that we're a little underutilized is where we do a letter of intent that we send out to every kid who's going to get tested and they bring that to their teachers and their teachers sign off on them getting the next belt as well as the parents. And there's also a section where they'll fill out their name and their information and email if they're interested in having us um, come and visit their school, special person day, field trips, whatever. Um, and we don't really utilize that as much. I love the fact that you're utilizing that and you're literally getting people bust into your school um, to do a glorified trial class presentation to all of them and the teachers and the educators and whoever else shows up, parents and so on. So, and we get the list. That's the important yeah. thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Very cool. So today our topic is an interesting one. I mean, we talked about it, you know, uh, the game, right? Being in the game, you know, whose game are you are you playing? And uh, there's so many ways by reading this topic that people may think that this would be, you know, what the topic would be all about. But um, maybe you can explain a little bit and we can talk about what it really is about. Yeah, okay. So first and foremost, um, you know, I had a paradigm shift. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And this, this was probably a year or two ago um, where there was two other martial arts schools that opened up in, in my town, both of them within probably, you know, three to three to four months of each other. And mm-hmm. what, what I was doing is I was on their social media 
I was on their website. I was looking to see what was happening and those type of things. Um, and at, at the time, I was taking my eye off of my game, the rules that I had developed for myself and what I was doing. And then I read right. the book. Um, I read the book, uh, uh, what's it called, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, you know, who created Nike. And that that was interesting in and of itself to read that book. But uh, he had quoted a um, quoted somebody inside the book, and I don't remember who the quote was th- uh, that he, he quoted. But anyways, the gist of the quote was, uh, you know, stop playing to not lose and start playing to win. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when I read that, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm focusing in on all these other exterior things, letting it take me off of my game, and so I'm playing to not lose. I got to do this so I, I don't lose to this studio or to this person or, or whatever it is. And, and that's not even how I built our business. You know, our build, business was built upon my own game and who we are and who we were going to service." And then to do that to the best of our ability. And so when I took my eye off of that, I really lost that for probably a good six to eight months until I read that book and had that epiphany, that little paradigm mm-hmm. shift going, right. oh, my gosh, I got to start playing my own game again. And, yeah. you know, so the first thing is, I think, um, well, before we get what what do you have to say about that before we get into, you well, know. Well, I mean, the, the it's very, that. very interesting. I think that, um, you know, with this and what what you said, it, it also reminds me of me, you know, like when I, when you and I, or when I, I could speak better for myself, but I think we agree mentally on this, is that when I opened my school, the intentions were not for me to run this super successful martial arts school and make money and blah, 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 blah right? It was really by happenstance and, and luck and chance that I'm here where I am right now. And, and you know, not luck, but, I mean, I, I never intended. This is what, not what I did when I opened. When I opened, my goal was to have a bunch of people, small core group of people that I could literally fight with and, and you know, train with and beat up and, and practice on and, 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 you know, spread the old school traditional martial art that the way I was taught, brutal. Like brutal, and right. and for those of you who know me from way back when, you know that our school, our style, our art, my teacher was all pretty hardcore and brutal. So I never thought about it as a business, as a school. I just opened it up, and then you know it kept growing and growing and growing. And then I was exhausted. Could I own a separate company? And I finally decided to sell that company, which is a landscape design company, and go full time martial arts. And then. My perspective never really changed about the art, but it did change about the business because now I saw this as a viable way to um, to be able to share and do what I love and live the dream, but also make a living out of it, right? So um, things shifted. So that was interesting. However, um, very, very important that we realize, too, that um, at times there, uh, you know, there are these shifts, these paradigm shifts in our lives. And, you know, the game changes throughout our lives, too, right? Like, you know, there's been a major shift in how um, we, we run our, our businesses now compared to what we did 20 years ago, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, heard, so I uh, think the game – go ahead. No, I was going to say I think the game has changed tremendously in, in over the years. Yeah, well, and as you grow, I mean, it should, right? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Dan Sullivan says that uh, everybody is operating and achieving at 100% of their current mental state. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, um, everybody is operating and achieving at 100% of their current mental state and, and so, or mental mindset or whatever he says. It's something like that. But the understanding is that, um, we are, we're all operating at that 100%. And then what happens is when we learn more, we discover more, we, uh, dive into our business more and we want to expand, you know, our, our horizon, then that, th- then we, we move up a level in thinking. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And I, I, I'm sorry, let me interrupt you real quick with a quick story. Like when I, years ago, I had a student who was going to test for their brown belt, him and his daughter. And uh, he said to me, I test for their black belt. And he said, like, you know, we don't really want to do it. We're going to take a break. And I said, yeah, but you didn't achieve the goal, right? And he says, no, no, we have the mindset of a black belt. I, I know what it takes. I know what it is. I know how it, how it is. And I'm going, no, you don't. You don't understand that. You can't understand that because you're not it. It's almost like saying, I can conceptualize and know what it's like to be a parent, but until you're a parent, you never know what it's like. Your emotions change like that, right? You, how you think, how you act, et cetera, et cetera. So that's really incredible. That statement that you just made is they're working up to their ability, 100% of what their ability is, and it reinforces what you and I talk about all the time. You don't know what you don't know. It's obvious you can't. How could you know it if you don't know it? You think you know it, Right. So that's the same thing when it comes to business or operating at that level, right, or being in wh- whatever you're doing. So sorry to interrupt you. No, ah. no, you're, you're, you're absolutely fine. Um, I'm, I'm working with a CrossFit studio in town uh, coaching them, and um, there's two other CrossFit places in this town. And, of course, they want to be the premier one, but they don't have a clear picture of the game that they're playing, meaning – uh, knowing, you know, number one, who they are, number two, um, who they are then in relation to their target market because they need to know who their target market is. So, one, they need to know who they are. Two, they need to know who their target market is. And then, you know, who they are in their target market, does it actually coincide? Because right. they could be who they want to be and they could want this, you know, specific target market, but if that target market doesn't want who they are, then they got to either change who they are or pick a different target market. So yeah. those things, you know, for us as school owners need to be played out first. You know, we need to know the game that we're playing and then make the rules for that game so that we can succeed, so that that, that we can win. Right. And and, uh, and I want to point out, we you know, it's not – we don't necessarily believe it's a game. Um, we're using the analogy of a game, right? It, it You know, it's like being, you know, uh, in it to win it, right? The philosophy. And, and I love what you're saying because it does bring me to think like, I, you know, for me, who am I? You know, what is my school? Like sometimes we're trying to be the end all be all of everything, right? Like I, you know, back in the day, I wanted everyone in the world to train in my system of ninjutsu. I realized that not, and, and I wanted schools to follow that as well. And then I slowly realized that that was an impossible dream, a very passionate dream, which is good to be passionate about what you do. Um, however, I had to realize that I'm one flavor of ice cream amongst, well, amongst many other flavors, um, but I have to be the best flavor for what I am, right? And I want people who come to me to love what I do. Um, however, not everyone will. Like, for example, I had a, two trial classes last week when I spoke to the parents about how serious we were, how traditional we were, how we're old school mindset. We're very disciplined and focused, and we like the traditional values. 
one parent loved it. The other parent was like, well, I turned her off. She was like, oh, this is not really what we want to do. You know, we want our kids just to have a fun activity after school. I scared them with all this commitment talk and traditional talk and, you know, hardcore old school, blah, 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 blah. For her, it was like, nah, I'm not really looking for that. I just want my kid to have something fun to do after school. I don't really, you know, I care about any of that other stuff. Um, so we have to be, we have to know who we are and, and stick to that. Right. And that goes back to what we had talked about before, you know, um, are, are we, um, are we a martial artist or are we just doing martial arts? And I, and I right. actually brought that up with, uh, my junior black belt class last night. You know, I asked them the question, are you a martial artist or are you just doing martial arts? And I went through everybody and I said, there's no right or wrong answer. I said, I just want you yeah. to, to tell me. And, um, I would say it was 50, 50. Yeah. And of course there was kids and teenagers and adults in this class. Um, and, and it was still 50, 50. I even had one right. guy say to me, he goes, well, I just do martial arts, but I'm moving into becoming a martial artist. Right. Which I, I thought was, you know, uh, a, a pretty neat answer. Um, but even yeah. in that, I, 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 you know, you have to define what your game, uh, is with regards right. to, you know, what your studio wants to be. Now, could you, could you have won that person over? Uh, later on, had you not asked that question, you know, maybe they right. just wanted to do martial arts right. and then slowly then uh, became a martial artist. Absolutely. Yeah. But we have to, we, you know, we got to stand for something or we're going to fall for anything. And, and we got to have yeah. our studio do that. Our studio has to stand for something. And, and it's interesting because there was a part of me that when my program manager said, oh, that mom, you know, of who, of so-and-so, they, they just, they told me they just didn't want to be involved in something that serious. I wanted to call them back and say, you know what? They still have a blast. They're still going to have fun. I didn't say they're not going to have fun. They're not standing at attention all day and not having fun. Um, but at the same time, they're going to have a blast, but they're going to be in a school through traditions and learn all this other stuff. But then I thought to myself, do I want to teach them and talk to them? Because that person maybe just doesn't care enough at this point. Like, will they be the person that doesn't wear their uniform, doesn't show up on time, and then eventually just fizzles out anyway? So, well, should I let them go and, and try to stick to my core group of who I am and what I do and so on and so forth? So um, <clears throat> that's very important for us as owners, as school owners, to understand and share what we do best, right? And that's the most important thing that we can do. For, you know, that's why people come to us in the first place. Right. And, you know, the hardest part when to do that is when you, you barely have any students and you, 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 you're not making ends meet or that, right. that one student was going to actually put you, you know, out of the black and in, or out of the red and into the black type thing. You right. Know? So that's right. when those principles, you know, playing that specific game um, becomes even more important. You know, if you have enough students and that one extra, one extra person isn't going to make a big difference. Obviously, yeah. uh, that that doesn't that doesn't mean anything, you know. Nothing but, nothing is better than having a school filled with people where you could be very selective of who you pick, right? Because that way you pick people that are perfectly fit for your group and core dynamics. When and, and I know the problem is, you know, if you only have thirty students, you're barely making ends meet. You'll take as many people as you possibly can and shift your values to accommodate these people like we're really, like a few weeks ago where I had a parent that was so upset the grandparents with me because I wanted them to wear their uniform and I didn't ask correctly and it was they're still on social media trashing me four weeks later this is how impactful it was to their life that they couldn't wear the uniform but I look at people like that I mean I could have said it's okay don't worry do whatever you feel like it you know like if I didn't care that's who I would have been 
However, that's not how my school is built. It was never built on loose, um, you know, rules and regulations. It was built on the serious martial art discipline that I always taught. And, and that's how I got it. I kind of have to stick to that or I'm a fake. Well, you have to stick to it, too, because um, you can't compromise your um, your standards, you know, the, the rules for that game. You cannot compromise that. Because everybody in your school, not only just you, but everybody in the school loses when you compromise that. Right, right. And and people see you doing that, right? So then next time you're asking them to do something, they're going to say, why should I bother, right? So that's really important. So go back to your CrossFit thing. Tell me about how you're working with them to understand their game or not to play others' games. Like their CrossFit is CrossFit, right? Aren't they all the same? Don't they follow the same concepts? Aren't they all part of the same exercise franchise model and program? So how how do you yeah. help someone understand that? Right. Well, in the most for the most part, they 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 are. I mean, everybody. It's just like a karate school. We're teaching karate. Right. Everybody's teaching karate. You know, uh, the only yeah. difference in ours is you know maybe I'm teaching Korean, you're teaching Japanese. You know, whatever mm-hmm. that type of thing. Yeah. There's some uh, differences there. But so, you know, they, like I said, they needed to define who they were. They had a little bit of understanding of who they wanted to be, but there was a disconnect um, and that, that we're still working through with them because I just, I just acquired them um, within the last 30 days. Right. So um, there's a disconnect in what the people coming in are seeing and, and what they want to be. And so we're trying okay. to bridge that gap. You know, it, overall, they want to be a wellness facility. Um, right. You know, rather than a CrossFit gym. They don't mm-hmm. want to have the gym rats coming to them. They have a um, a specific clientele that they're looking for. Well, I should say that they they partially have a specific clientele that they're working for. We're working on defining who those individual or individuals are. Um, right. You know, in, in that mix. So that um, when their so that their message will match their their market that they're trying to go for, and then when they come in, all of that uh, will you know will be succinct. Being when they come in, they see that it, it's a it's a wellness facility. It's not just a gym. And why is that? Because they're gonna you know when they come in, they get weighed. They get this happens, that happens. They get a diet program. They you know, and so they're gonna be it's gonna be more of a wellness. Um, atmosphere as opposed to just a gym rat atmosphere, if that makes sense. That's to begin yeah. with, you know what I mean? So so what I'm hearing, though, that you're doing, too, is you're creating, and again, we use this word quite often, we're creating a brand or we're creating a tribal mentality, a culture, so to speak, of what people you know, join into, right? So, for example, um, you know, when you join a church, right, or you get involved with a certain particular church, um, you, you know, you go there to uh, not to expect to play basketball and, you know, shoot archery. You're going there for worship and, and religion and family and all that other stuff. There's a certain thing that goes along with that. And you're now trying to establish that for this particular CrossFit. They don't want, like, I love, I don't know if you had commercials. We have a gym out here. I forget which one it is. Planet Fitness, maybe, where they had the lugs. You know, they'd always have the big bodybuilding. He'd say, I pick things up, I put things down, you know, and it was this big muscle guy. And they would, they didn't, and they'd lead him to the door and lock the door behind him because he just wasn't the fit 
for that gym. That gym was more about people like, you know, you and I going there to work out and stay healthy, but not just hardcore bodybuilders, not, you know, you know, gym rats, like you said. So, so how do you help a company establish that? Like, what are you doing? What, what can you do to help these people to learn their game, you know, to be in what, to be who they are? Yeah, well, obviously we talked about that a little bit where, uh, you know, who is it that you want to be to find the market and then we got to make a message or, or, or USP, you know, what we call a unique strategic purpose to yeah. match that, that market. And then how do we deliver it to that market? So how are we going to pinpoint uh, that market to bring them in? And then what's the best uh, method to do that or the, the best methods to do that? We're going through and defining, you know, uh, who those people are, and then after we do that, we're going to say, okay, who already has a list of those people, right? Where do those people right. work? Where do those where do those people, uh, you know, spend their money? Like, who already has those specific individuals? Your, your target market, yeah. so that you can you can uh, uh, shortcut that and get to those people. You know, Facebook, do, you can obviously do some of that, right? Where do they exist, though? Where does that type of mindset exist, right? That's you know, where do they all congregate? Where where can I go in one place or a few places and find people that match my model, right? Like, for example, um, those two parents in my school, one wanted after school fun and just, you know, a place for them to interact, more of a activity, while the other parent was looking for teaching their kids self-discipline, focus, self-esteem, confidence, control. They wanted them to stand up at attention. Like, I have a funny mom. She has two kids in my school. She's actually the perfect mom. You know, the kids are acting out. Don't worry. Just bring them in there and kick the crud out of them. You make sure that they listen. You know, I love parents like that, that trust in us to do our job. They don't question right. it. They don't ask us, right? They're like, you're, you know, dis they're focused, right? They're disciplined parents. Then there are those, that, I mean, geez, you know, like the one I had, like the kid cried because I said the words the wrong way. And God forbid, I'm like the worst person in the world um, because I asked them to have their T-shirt. And and, uh, and I'm still like, I'm bringing this up because to me, it's just astounding, um, but, uh, so we have to find out, find that niche. Where do we go to find those people, right? That's the real important thing. Well, yeah. And, you know, I'll give you like, okay, so we had a, a pretest for our black belt this, what was it? Two weekends ago. And I preface this, I stand up before it starts and I tell all the parents, you know, look, um, you can cheer, uh, you can clap and that's it. You know, your right. child, like I was specifically talking to the parents, your child is going to be emotional out here. They may break down and cry. Right. Um, I, you know, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it goes. They're testing for their black belt. I'm going to ask some tough questions. I'm going to put them through rigorous training. And, uh -huh. you know, whatever happens, happens. And I need you to be on board with that. If you're not on board with that, then walk out. And your kid right. shouldn't be in here anyways. You know, right. I said, I have every parent that their kid gets a black belt with us goes, man, that I should get a black belt because I, yeah. I had to go through all this. You know, and, and, and I'll tell you, I had, I had two people break down and cry. Uh, one stayed there and just went off in the corner and cried. The other one literally went, you know, broke down, cried, ran off the floor, went uh -huh. to the bathroom um, and cried and then came out of the bathroom. And then I, I met, uh, met them after the bathroom and uh, I said, we good? Yeah. Yes, sir. That's right. Let's get in there and go. Right. You know. Well, you know, and and it's interesting. You know, I hate to be the Mr. Miyagi of of you know the the person representative of the martial arts, but it's so difficult. It's almost like, for example, um, 
and, and it's not quite as extreme because we use the same language, right? Most part of the time, but uh, you know, we're speaking in a foreign um, dialect in a way, right? Like where we're talking to people with philosophies and concepts that are not the norm for the average, average everyday person. For example, you know, like stick to and, and never quitting kind of attitude. Like, for example, I have a mom, I'm quite disappointed, two little kids that we've been working on for like the last four months to get them to be really well disciplined in class. Um, when we finally get them to the point where they're easy to be in class, the parent decides to take them out. You know, she's worried about school, which is, you know, it, it's busy and it's worried about activities and other things getting in the way and them you know, and so on and so forth. And, and by the way, I don't know, maybe it's a financial thing that they're not telling me, but they have one daughter that they're keeping in, two of the little boys are leaving. But I'm so disappointed because we finally got to the point after all this hard work to right. get them to perform properly and start to act accordingly. And God, for, you know, the God knows the, there's no limit to what they could do now, right? Because now we finally got their attention and got them to listen. So, but now they're taking them out. So parents sometimes are, are like, prematurely getting people to leave, you know, uh, or not understanding what the vision is. I wish I had, when I was little, I used to watch I Dream a Genie and they had this, and I talk about this, they had this old type movie camera and you'd put these rubles in it and you could either roll forward or roll backwards. If you rolled backwards, you'd roll backwards from where you were at time to see what you could have been like if you didn't make this choice or you could roll forward to see what your future would be like. I wish I had that machine to show people what they're missing out on the the basic things that they have at their fingertips by being in a martial arts school or being with any kind of mentor that really cares about their lives, you know, and that's the shame. I don't know if, I don't know if many of the new millennial parents understand that concept. They think that they're just going to buy their way through until they hit college. And then they say, you're on your own, buddy. Now I want to see you grow up. Right. And half the time our kids are failing and, and, and not doing what they should be doing because we haven't properly prepared them every step of the way. Well, I had a uh, – it certainly does. I had a second-degree black belt she was on my storm team, right? Um, and uh, so she comes in and assists with classes. But but, but our, our monthly storm team meeting, I asked everybody on storm, our storm team, I said, you know, what has martial arts taught you? Like, what is right. one of the things that martial arts has taught you? And she told me – these are my words, but this is basically what she said. She said, it's, uh, you, you know, because you yell at me, I know how to handle uh, jerks. Basically, right. And I, yeah, I and I said, wait a I second. <laughs> you mentioned this on our last call, but it was great, right? Yeah, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, and it was just because I'm, I'm when I'm teaching, I am very matter of fact. My, I got a, a, a commanding voice when I do it, and I mean it. Like, yeah. this is how it's going. Do it or whatever. You know, stop messing around. Go. You know, or whatever it is. And 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 it's in a loving way, but. It was funny to hear her say, you know, because you were a jerk to me, I can handle jerks. And she, yeah, she yeah. knew, she knows that I'm not a, that I'm not a jerk. But because right. she's been put under pressure, she can handle pressure. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, with regards to us playing our own game, we have to first define our own game in order to play it. But then, like you brought up, we need to educate our um, constituents in our studio about that game that we're playing right, and who right. we are and how they are part of that. And the individuals that have come before us, or excuse me, the individuals that have come before them, how right. they've turned out so that, you know, the current constituents can go, man, I hope that my kid can be just like, you know, you tell the story about, 
uh, I think his name was Tomcat, and how right, he right. wanted to be – his name was Tomcat and then Tommy and then Thomas, or now it's, you know, whatever. But as, as time – the whole concept was as time went on, he was maturing. Your conversations with him had to mature. Your names for him had to mature because he right. was growing up. Um, but, see, that's a beautiful stage-by-stage stage concept to reinforce to the parents the game that you're playing. And and we have to constantly be selling, uh, and I don't mean that in a bad term, educating our parents on what the martial arts does and what it is doing for their kids. Because, you know, I tell the parents, I said, you know, we are awesome parents. You guys are all good parents because, you, you look, when your kid makes a mistake, you're up right on top of it to make sure that they don't make that mistake. So I said, uh, I liken it where let's take you say your kid is the nail, right? And, and and the nail starts to stick its little ugly head up. So what do you do? You hammer it down so that nail goes back down into place. I said, right. what if what if we go by we go by that nail and we see the nail sticking in its place and we go, man, good job, nail, for holding holding on so tight. Next time we walk by, I say, man, nail, I love how you're just staying in place. I said, if we start as parents, start looking for the positive in our kids, um, it not negate the negative, but, but we start praising them for the positive, I guarantee you we'll start seeing less negative because some yeah. of the negative is for attention, not all. Um, and then it, it will also help us to approach the, the negative in more of a positive light. And, yeah. and, and so I want them to know that that's the, that's the game that we're playing out on the floor. It's not that we, yeah. that we don't notice the negative. We do, and we squash negative, but I want to accentuate the positive. And by the way, you should be doing that at home. You know what I love? It reminds me of an old movie, and I don't even remember what movie it was, but it was a samurai movie. And um, in the movie, the, the samurai took his son out, right? And in everything that in the Japanese culture – they seem to um, always look at it as lessons, right? So he took his son out fishing, and instead of saying, we're going to go fishing, he is teaching his son the art of fishing. So they're fishing all day long, and they don't get any fish. And, and the father says, I thought, uh, the kid says, I thought I was supposed to learn the art of fishing. He says, you are. You're just not very good at it yet. And now you're <laughs> learning the art of patience, right? So, so they're all, all this stuff where people have to understand that, right? And that's really what it's all about. Um, and uh, it's really about learning, uh, you know, learning patience, learning discipline, learning focus. But I don't think people are taking enough time to stay in something to become masterful. Like, for example, I had a guy yesterday came in. He's looking for a teaching job in my school. He's a master archer. And, you know, he said to me, I'm a master archer and this and that. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Then he goes on to show me videos of him shooting a tic-tac from 300 feet away and blindfold shooting balloons and shooting backwards. And that's a master. Like, it wasn't like he was just saying I'm a master, like a lot of people think. This guy truly has mastered his craft, right? And that's so, so important. So uh, let's get back to the game thing. I mean, I think it's so important. So what... I might I suggest like school owners to look at what they really have a passion of doing. Now, if it's teaching martial arts in general to kids, teens, youth, adults, that's fine. However, um, don't forget that you have to um, you have to be wear different hats in different portions of your business to be able to master all of those four categories. Um, but what does your school represent? Is it a point sparring um, XMA type? 
you know, school? Are you a tricking school that does flashy stuff and flips and kata and all that stuff? Are you a grappling only school, hardcore fight gym? Are you a traditional classical art that teaches self-defense? Are you a self-defense school? Like, what are you? And start to define that. I, I have a good friend. He may be listening. His name is uh, Sean Andrew Stigliano. And, um, you know, he always wears a bandana. And for years, I mean, this is forever and ever and ever. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he always had people busting his chops. So you look like a pirate. You look like this. You look like that. He's embraced this mindset of the pirate. Um, and he's actually uses, uses it now within his school to create this incredible kind of fun vibe. And, and it's like pirate jitsu and kids are wearing the bandanas and they're always going away and buying them eye patches and pirate stuff. And, and it's got this whole entire, um, this whole entire layout to it. Um, and it's pretty fun to see that he's building a culture around this. Uh, quite frankly, if he keeps it going, it could eventually become its own martial art, right? It, and it, it could steep its own traditions within the system, and he could start a franchise around the world with this pirate jitsu martial art, right? It's pretty interesting. So, um, you know, he's got the right idea, and he's on to something pretty fun. Even though that maybe you might think of it as kind of like a gimmick or a hokey thing, I think it's it's ingenious and he's running with it. So if he's listening, I hope he hears this. But if not, I'll tell him about it. But I mean, he really that's that's how we build the brand of who we are, right? And and what we do. So what do you think? Yeah, and well, and okay. So here's the deal. Um, I I basically do this uh, and create my own game for for a, a mental thing with me because I mentally want to be uh, playing my own game and not playing with some, you know, somebody else's game. I want to play my own rules, not somebody else's rules. Right. Because for me, when I take, when I, when I move myself out of that, I am not as productive. I am not right. as motivated. I am not as, uh, uh, as good of a teacher, uh, a leader, anything when I'm not playing my own game. Um, it's unfair. It really is. I'm making it unfair. It's unfair right. uh, that I do that, maybe. Uh, some people might think that, but, yeah. but it isn't because this is my business. And, you know, I want my business to serve my needs. I mean, that's right. why it, it wasn't originally why I was in business, although it kind of was because I wanted to teach martial arts. And so... Yeah. That was serving a need. And then when I learned more, I wanted it to serve this other need. And then when I, you know, when my, my uh, mental state, if you will, when I was opened up to the new level, if you will, I was like, oh, this can serve that need. And so right. I needed to define who I was, the game I was going to play, and all those things, if that makes sense. Right. No, it totally makes sense. And it's like, you know, it's like, for example – um, being on a football team and the coach tells you to play that's designed for a baseball game. Um, while in some extremely crazy way it might work, uh, obviously it's a totally different game. So you have to be in the game in order to really understand the actual, um, you know, the actual uh, game plan, like you're saying. And that's very, very important. So we have to continue as, as owners um, you know, asking that question, what are we going to be when we grow up or who are we right now and how, and I love, it was a question I think I got from um, uh, Master Kovar at one point. It said, you know, who am I now and how does it serve me and my students? 
who am I as a martial artist right this moment and how does it serve me and my students? And that's so, so important um, because if we're trying just to do everything and we're mastering our way through seminars to add in BJJ and Muay Thai and, and we're trying to, we lose the root cause of who we are. And um, that becomes a big problem because I think the students then don't have a direction to follow either. You know, when, when people ask about your school, like if you ask parents to write on a piece of paper, who are we, which is probably a good drill you may want to do, um, you know, who are we and how do you see us and have them do it in less than 20 words or 50 words or 100 words and, and see what they say when they describe your school. If your message in your brain of what you are and what you represent is coming out of their mouths, then you're doing a good job of, of doing it. But if they're not sure and the message is totally different, then maybe you need to get back to really creating that vision so that people could clearly follow you. I think that's a great exercise. Uh, in fact, I think I'm going to steal that and, and talk to our, the CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. And say, hey, let's survey our, your, you know, the members and see what they have to say and see if what you're wanting. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right, right. I mean, it's beautiful. Even for our studios, you know, even I've been around for 26 years. Um, you know, you've been around for over 20-something years, right? So, I mean, it's like we we want to ask our people, like, when they come through the – and by the way, you know, um, my friend J.D., who's uh, who's uh, from the TV show Mind Freak, and he's with Jeff, his Chris Angel is his brother, and he's their marketing guy and all. Um, he once came into my school and he said, you know, the, the lobby out here is, you know, so confusing. He says, when I go onto the floor, I know what it is, like a traditional Japanese martial art dojo. Everything around looks that way. Because when I come out into your lobby, I'm a little confused. And, and he gave me all these tips on how to market and retail and, and design and, and, and create this message, right? Um, that's something that we have to do sometimes. We've got to look at our school and say, is our message too confusing to people? And I often say, when we look through, um, you know, the, uh, the front window of our school, if they could, and my school and your school are closed off kind of, right? We're in a commercial kind of thing. But if we were a storefront, and they looked through and they said, oh, what is the message that they could see? Like, is it just a karate school because there are pads laying on the floor and weapons on the wall and it says we build black belts? What is, the real, what is your real message? Is it easily understood just from a visual point of view, from your lesson point of view, and so on? So, yeah, this written, this written lesson handed out to 25 different styles of parents, little kids, teens, adults, you know, and, and see what they have to say. And give them a short amount of time so they don't write, you know, start because people love to give you their opinion. Well, if you change the color here and you, you don't want any of that stuff, you just want to know what they believe the school to be based on what they think it is and, and the message that you portray. And see if it's in line with your message or is it so far off, then you know you have to do some rebranding and reestablishing. Right. No, I think that's perfect. So whose game are you playing? That's the, that's the question. Stop you know, stop playing uh, other other studios in your town's game. Stop playing uh, other styles in, you know, around the world. You know, if you're a traditional school, be a traditional school. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're a BJJ school, be a BJJ school. If you're an MMA school, be an MMA school. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's yeah, we got to know who we are and, um, you know, what we're yeah. going for. Absolutely, dude. Okay, cool. I think this is a good call. I mean, um for people that, you know, that are listening, uh, do that research, do the handout, you know, ask yourself a bunch of questions. Like 
what is your mission statement? Like, who do you want to be? Like, what do you want to do? Like, what, you know, what is the purpose of why you're in the martial art business? Why sometimes we kind of, uh, we kind of, um, you know, start off for one reason and then it brings us down an entire different pathway and that's okay. But sometimes we veer off path and we lose sight of what we really want to be or who we were for whatever factors like Dwayne mentioned before, um, trying to make pay bills and pay payroll and make a living and stay in the business. Um, sometimes we sacrifice and, and veer off path. And um, I think it's really important for you to look at that and see if you're happy. And this is what makes a lot of people miserable in their companies, right? They start the company for one reason and for some, some way or another, it ends up being something totally different from what they wanted it to be. And they're miserable. So um, we have to look at it and say, like, what do we really want? You know, who are we, right? Right. And I'm going to give you uh, a combined quote. Uh, okay. The original, the original quote, first part, comes from Tom Callos. Now, I don't know if he actually developed this or not, or if he got it from somebody else. But he's the first one that I heard say it. Second part, and I'll, I'll split them up so you know who they are. Uh, the second part is Dan Sullivan. So the first one with, with, uh, with regards to um, – uh, Tom Callos, he talked about before small, small minds uh, talk about people, medium minds talk about things, and great minds talk about ideas. I love that. Small minds talk about uh, people, medium minds talk about things, and great minds talk about ideas. And I, when I first heard that, I thought, oh, my gosh, I want to be a great mind, so I want to talk about ideas. Um, right. Dan Sullivan said this, and so I kind of combined this together. He, he, he says that genius minds think about they're thinking. Genius minds think about their thinking. So what does that mean? Um, I want to be like, so I want to be a genius, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to think about my thinking with regards to the school. You know, you said that who do you want to be? How do you want to be represented? You know, and then who I am, to, who, who am I to uh, my, my studio and then to the, the uh, uh, community at large. So I think, you know, the, the highest paid activity, and, and, and I heard um, uh, Keith Hafner say this before. He said the highest paid activity as a martial arts school owner is uh, you thinking about your business. And I thought, wow, th that is so true. You know, you ha we have to. It's not about do, 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 do all the time. We have to step back and really think about you know, our, our business and, and to be at that genius level, like Dan Sullivan talks about, you have to think about your thinking. Why are you thinking this way? And when you do, that's when you start to break those ceilings with that. And I'm, I'm not trying to be esoteric here because I don't understand all of it. What I'm saying is that, man, when you start looking at your game and the game that you're playing, why is that the game you're playing? Why is, you know, uh, that the target market that you want? Why is it, you know, those things? And then, you know, how you, you, you do that survey and the survey comes back and you're thinking, man, okay, why are they thinking that way? Why am they not thinking my way? So if it's not congruent, right. meaning that this is, this is the school that you want, this is what you stand for, yet they say these are all the attributes of the school and they're, they're not even in succinct, yeah. you know, they don't even come together or partially they come together. Why is that? What am I, what am I doing to not make that happen and what can I do to make that happen? Right. 
And that is so, so true. And by the way, I love your word uh, esoteric, right? Because I'm in esoteric martial art, right? You know, spiritual and all this other stuff. And um, I found that that's how I always used to be. I, I talk about, you know, um, love and compassion and empathy in every class and understanding the spiritual side of the martial arts. And um, I feel that uh, the adult market needs more of that than ever before, right? Like, and I think that they need to know um, that they're involved in something bigger. I mean, right now, and not to mention all the negativity that's going on on the planet, if you get caught up in that, you will eventually become it, right? You know, if you're negative every day, you're fearful of what's going to happen next, you know, death, destruction, all of that, you'll start to be poisoned mentally, right? So we want our school to, to be a place where people can come and be uplifted and, and really grow and, and, um, and feel positive when they leave, right? So it's important, I think, that we have to look at ourselves. Years ago, we gave away one of my things, I think we gave it away, called the Mabaroshi Statement, which was a vision, vision quest. And it was like goal setting, but it had like, short term, two years, five years, um, 10 years, 15 years. Like, where do you want to be? Where do you envision yourself being all in those places? And I'm 53 years old, 26 years of running the school, and I kind of am on the path of where I've always wanted to be, you know, like teaching a little bit less, running the business a little bit more, putting people in place, enjoying my life, having the freedom to do what I want, and that's the ultimate goal, but I had to kind of find my vision all the way to be able to construct this end result. And you know what, you know, as Michael Gerber says, what's your crap out date? Like, when do you want to be done? Like, when do we retire? Do we just live martial arts and teach it for eternity? Or can we then pass it on to people and then reap the rewards in the future? Um, do we have people to continue our legacy? You know, what is it that you envision or do you just see yourself dying in your gi right on the floor while teaching a class, you know, at, at 85 years old, teaching a white belt class to little warriors, two and five-year-olds? Like, you know, it really all depends <laughs> on what you want. Like, what is heaven and what is hell in those regards, right? <laughs> um, you know, and, and so so you have to build that vision, right? And again, it, it is all about asking internal questions that you and I just talked about this entire time. Like, who are we? I, I think many adults grow up. If they're not even in the martial art business, they're always kind of sh- kind of searching for that next thing that could bring them closer to the answer. Well, right? and it, the pro- but yeah, the problem is, you talk about this, that we're always in the blender uh, as a school owner. We're always in the blender doing X, Y, Z, A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, you know, 7, 8, 9. We're, we're, just, yeah. we're so busy doing, doing, doing that we never schedule any time to Step out of the doing and right. and work on work on the becoming, right? Of, you know, and I've talked about this before. Your business will only rise as high as you are as a person. So uh-huh. until you until you gain more knowledge, more insight, more abilities, um, you can't bring your business up any higher. And so right. that has all to do with the type of game that you're playing <laughs> for your business. Um, you eventually, as the business owner, don't. You you can't be, um, you know, hitting the ball, running, fielding, pitching, catching all the time. You just right. can't do it. It is right. not sustainable. There is uh, it doesn't leverage your your abilities um, right. to the best of your ability because you have some unique abilities that only you should be doing. Um, but until you work yourself into that position, you, you, you know, it's just not there. So it's important to understand the game that you're playing, 
develop the rules for that game, and then stick by those rules. Right, right. Yeah, and, and listen, if you look at any other bit, any other sport, um, you know, it's not like, hey, I'm, I'm playing baseball, but I don't want to hit it with the bat. When it comes to me, I'm going to catch it, and I'm going to run straight out to the end zone. Right? They're like, no, I'm sorry, that's not the game. You can't play that. Like, you know, like in my school, we have a uniform policy. Yesterday, my uh, a few of my parents weren't prepared, but they came to me nicely and said, listen, I'm so sorry. If you want, I'll drive home. I forgot their socks because we were a ninja tabby, but they had white socks instead of black. But the parents were very willing, happily, to drive all the way back to the house to get those socks if I chose to do that. Now, with that type of attitude, I'll give them a pass for that one day. Um, but never, you know, they realize that it's very important to me to follow the rules, and they all like that. You know, there are some that don't, like the ones that left, but the ones that do, they get it. They get that they're, this is a real deal, traditional martial art, and you have to come prepared, ready to work and do what you got to do. So, um, well, you need, to, you, need, you need to implement my system with regards to the, the four strikes and you don't test. Yeah. You know, we have a clipboard that just that's there, and if they forget anything of their material, they're supposed to bring their sparring gear, their weapons, obviously their uniform and belt. And if right. they forget any of that, and my junior black belts have a notebook. So if they forget any of that material, um, we have a clipboard. We put their name on it, and that's their right. first strike in the, in the three-month testing process window. Right. They get They get basically three passes, and then the fourth time that they forget any of their material, they don't test that quarter. They got to wait for another quarter. Right. Yeah, and I love that. And I actually did implement it to some extent, but not as harsh and stringent as you, which I should. Um, but I, I kind of started implementing it slowly. I, I was taking notes and letting people see and putting it, writing it down. And um, but uh, you know, listen. Most of the time, as you probably could agree, one or two of those notations and threats, they they get on they get on track pretty quickly. Right, because they don't want to lose, and it's the it's the continual offenders that don't get it. Like I have a parent that I'm looking at my guy's payroll in my other location. I'm going, why are you here till eight thirty every night on these four days a week when you're supposed to leave at eight? Oh, that's because so and so never comes to pick up their kids on time. I go, dude. First of all, he's not a kid; he's seventeen. So if they're not here, we're going to tell them one last time. If they're not here, we're locking the door. You're leaving because. In essence, I'm paying them a half an hour, two hours a week to wait for these kids. I'm paying, you know, 40 bucks for them times four weeks. You know, it's way more than I collect on tuition, and, and they're holding me up. So I'm like, listen, tell them you can't do this anymore, and, and you're, you're leaving them in the parking lot. It's their responsibility. It's not ours. Uh, we've done it a few times. But we can't do it forever. So you have to be harsh, right, in, in that reality of the rules and regulations. So. Any recaps to, to finish it up? No, I don't think so. I, 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 I this, the, you know, the topic doesn't sound uh, sexy. You know, everybody wants to know the new marketing thing to fill the funnel. Um, I, I really think these conceptional things are actually more important because if you don't know or understand who you are and the systems aren't built in such a way that are scalable for your business because of knowing who you are. It doesn't matter how many people we bring in um, to your school or you bring into your school because it won't right. be sustainable. Um, you'll be you'll be worse off in the end than you were in the beginning. It would have been better had you not done anything at all. Um, you know, so I, I just don't. You know, I I feel bad for the individuals that listen to topics like this because this isn't the only topic that we've talked about uh, that is more ab about 
the person as opposed to the business, although it does leak into the business, obviously. Right. Uh, I, I think it's overlooked, and that's just sad. But it does prove, you know, the, the, the point that when you overlook those things, that's probably why you are where you are. And I know that's hard right. to say, but that's probably why where you are. You know, I remember talking with uh, Stephen Oliver, and, uh, you know, he, he told me, he says, I, I, I don't work with anybody that is not least, at least making, you know, grossing in their business, ten thousand dollars or more um and that was probably six or seven eight years ago that he said that yeah ten years ago whatever it was and uh, he said it's their mindset he said i cannot expend that amount of energy to get them to like and this is his one-on-one coaching it's not to say that he wouldn't do the the group stuff with you or anything like that right but it's the the one-on-one if he's going to spend time with you he needs to know that you're going and you know to be willing, number one, to pay the money. And if you are, it's because, you know, you actually can pay it. And because you can pay it, you're willing to do the work. Your mindset is totally different than somebody underneath that threshold. Um, And that goes to – go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Continue. And that goes – the the concept is it just goes to show that um, your mindset is is so, so important. And it does equal – you know, unless you're a, uh, uh, what do they call that? The, uh, what is it? The, the, uh, the, the whatever baby that you got money handed down to you. I forget. What right, the, right. The, trust fund. The trust fund baby. I mean, unless that's the case, then that's why you have all the money. Your mindset has to be there. And it, it, you look at, uh, I'm getting off on a tangent, but you look at the people that earn, or that win the, uh, the lotto, unless their mindset, right. you know, moves up to that amount of money, they're going to lose all of it. Yeah, I do agree gonna say with something. you. I do agree with you with what Stephen Oliver said. However, I don't listen to what he says because I coach a lot of people under that threshold. However, I do agree with why he says it because I find that there's they come from a point of 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 uh, uh, scarcity versus yes. abundance. So, for example, the first thing they cut when times become tight is me as a coach. When the reality is you don't want to cut to your coach because they can help you pass that point and help you succeed continuously. But that's the mindset. What's the biggest bill? What's our bills? Let's fix it. Let's go from scarcity. Let's start, you know, let's start collecting cans and, and saving money and that kind of thing. When, um, when you have the lifestyle mi- mindset of abundance, you tend to start drawing more of that and, and well, so on. Yeah, so a good coach would tell you, you know, like, uh, all right, so when 2008 hit, everybody was all panicking. Um, you know, part of the reason that's, that some of the, the studios were doing bad was because they, number one, were already doing bad. Uh, number two was because the fact that they were already dipping, like they were fishing in the wrong pond. So they were, you know, charging 70, 80 bucks a month. And so the, they lost those people that's, so-called could only afford that much, you know, money, mm-hmm. um, you know, where we're charging $139, $149, $159, dollars a month. And did we lose some people? Yeah. But the majority of those people that we lost, they were struggling to pay us that much anyways. Right. But a good coach, you know, would said, well, hey, you know, rather than cutting me out of the picture, why don't you go to your land? Like I did this. I went to my landlord. I asked for a reduction in tuition uh, right. because of, you know, and guy helped in me rent. out in rent. Yeah. Tuition. And, 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 excuse me. Yeah. I asked for a reduction in rent, not because I was trying to, I literally wanted, I needed a cushion. He was willing to help me. 
my rent was cut in half. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I so look, a good I was say, good coach would give you those options. Ideas, that you, exactly. Yeah, you know, when I look at that and I say to people too, I go rather you know, when people say to me, I don't know if I can afford to pay your coaching fee and I would say, How about I give you five ideas that you could make money on from now until the day you close and retire? Um, that will pay my coaching fee. It's that easy. And, you know, quite often people are not willing, you know, when there are those people that I coach that become amazingly successful. And then those people that are always forward and backwards, forward and backwards, because their habits, their bad habits tend to overshadow their good habits. And they're not breaking habits, right? They're, they're kind of just living the same groundhog day over and over and over again. So anyway, this is a whole other coaching call that we could do on, on how to make the best of, uh, you know, what you got, you know. But um, other than that, I mean, I love this call. So for the listeners out there, let's definitely stick with that mindset. Try to send out that little questionnaire or, or you know, give it out to like 25 of your people, but in different demographics, little kids, parents, teenagers, parents, adult students, um, and, and see what they say. Like, what is their vision of who you are? what you represent in their eyes as a school. Maybe make two or three questions so that you get the, an overall consensus so that they don't misunderstand the question. And just give it to them and maybe buy them a $5 Starbucks gift card um, for doing the review for you or, or buy them a coffee, a $10 gift card. It would be the best um, $100 you ever spent because it will really create who you are and what your vision is and give you a better understanding of how people see you. And maybe you're so way off that the message is so way off that you're in trouble. Yep, absolutely. Well, Allie, uh, awesome. thank you very much for uh, being a part of this because, uh, like I said, I think it's, a, it's an important topic. Yep, thanks, Dwayne. Have a great day. We'll chat next week, everybody. All right, bye, guys. Awesome. Take care. <laughs>